Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sharks After Dark, your favorite podcast about the Ole Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Joining me today, as always, my co-host, John Stefanczyk. John, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm just sitting here brainstorming, you know, what am I going to do to change the narrative today? Okay. All right. That's my question for you to kick this off, is what are you going to do to change the narrative, to work with Coach Freeze to change the narrative? Hashtag win the the narrative, right? Uh, I... I personally am committed to changing the narrative um, away from Coach Freeze is the victim to Coach Freeze is refusing uh, to do his duty to Ole Miss and the school uh, and going to get us in a ton of trouble even more than he has to because he's going to be prideful and go in front of the committee on infractions. I mean, that's probably not the narrative change that uh, Hugh Freeze would like to hear. But personally, as a fan, I think we need to start getting serious about like, hey, university, what's the defense? If we don't have some sort of a defense that discredits the entire case and makes all these allegations against Freeze basically null and void because, we, he, I don't know, he has an alibi or something. Like, it doesn't really make sense, but if somehow we can disprove the whole all the Leo Lewis allegations, maybe I'm okay with this current path of action where we seem to be barreling towards the committee on infractions. But, like, if our only defense is, uh, well, Rebel Rags doesn't have those types of security tags, and uh, Leo Lewis's mom asked us for money one time on a voicemail, like, dude, we're super screwed. And, like, at least I think we need to accept that as a fan base in the next month or two. So if we get destroyed by the COI in July at least we don't look like idiots that never saw it coming, right? That's the narrative change that I'm trying to create today, John. What about you? Well, you tell me you're you're inside the uh, state lines of Mississippi, and I am not. I'm in the state. People here are mostly in a state of denial, I would say. I was going to say, it looks like just the big, it looks like about five different layers of denial. Yeah, big big time, big time. But anyway. Yeah, I mean... We could do a whole podcast on that, but on changing the narrative is that a uh, is that a challenge from the old Miss Spirit or something like that? How are you going to change the narrative the today? Twi- you, go, you gotta okay, you gotta go look at Freeze's Twitter. We'll spend two minutes. Oh on no, Freeze's Twitter. We could do a whole episode just on Freeze's super pathetic tweets the last two months. <laughs> I true? heard uh, one of our uh, one of our frequent uh, guests. We haven't had a guest in a while. We should. We haven't it. I haven't had a guest in a while. Bring on, we should bring on Bedwell and McDermott. Yeah, I said I said we were going to get McDermott to talk about tax stuff. We just haven't. No, we didn't do that. We should do that and then Bedwell talk about legal stuff. When, uh, well, we can do Bedwell when they come. As a, as a non-legal advisor, we got to we, we should say. Yeah, what was I getting? I lost my train. I'm looking at Freeze's Twitter. What am I looking for? Uh, just look. Just He's tweeted out something about changing the narrative. That's where this whole – this isn't a spirit thing. This is free. It was Freeze in the spirit. 
here at the same game. Yeah, one so. of the same. I'm sure he was. 2.59 p.m. yesterday. I don't know if that's Easter's. I think that's Eastern time. No, Austin sent me this pick, so it's probably Central. Mm. Okay. I, I think Freezer tweeted. It's a Rachel Joy Baraboo. Big mm. thank you to at Coach Freezer for inviting me to address this team. So some, basically, we are paying somebody to come talk about changing the narrative. Yeah. We're somebody to perpetuate our denial train together we will change the narrative hold on though let's let's let me see what this person does maybe she has some sort of an actual non-profit or some actual reason for i mean i i I assume what it is is like a general dumb motivational pitch you know like rewrite your life story or be the author of your life but obviously in the context of what's going on currently with the old miss football program and narratives that's a kind of a loaded term i'd say um yeah it's, it's still hard to f- smoke master huge bogey people it, it's just no i mean i i think the, the the worst the worst freeze tweet uh without a doubt was a few weeks ago where totally unprompted just happened to be at the same time there were online rumors swirling about his devotion to his wife and he just tweets out totally unprompted i i love at jill freeze my rock and uh i will never it's like come on man could you look any more pathetic right now three three concrete reasons there's absolutely an affair that is one of them for sure (laughs) yeah come on first of all the spirit and rounds of old they took off all the threads, but they didn't even deny that Freeze had. They said, we said, we yeah. will not talk about people's personal lives. Uh, Noble Grove didn't even take off the threads. Looked like nothing happened. Big deal. The tweets were a dead giveaway. Yeah. Free PR. He hadn't learned anything over the past four years. No, it's so stupid. And then uh, Table Cobbleson was in Memphis last weekend, St. Patrick's Day, and he couldn't remember. He, <laughs> he goes, I was blackout, but somebody... He couldn't tell me the details, so maybe he's just making this. I don't think he's making this up, though. He said somebody was able to give him like all of the specifics behind the freeze affair. Well, and come on, just, man how are you gonna how are you gonna get specifics and then not remember them? That's like, come on, table, come on. Because you're brown out on St. Patrick's. Come Day. on, man. I mean, we wouldn't we wouldn't recount the specifics on air, but I'd still like to hear them. Yeah, yeah. Because you're brown out on St. Patrick's Day, and you're pursuing a blonde. That is the table cobblestone logic. Which, <laughs> for most people, that sounds ridiculous, but for table cobblestone, this sounds about right. So I'm going to go ahead and say I think it's. I mean, I believe it. If you know anything about uh. Hugh Freeze rumors, especially of the personal life variety. I mean, a hundred percent of them originated. Well, yeah, yeah, tweet at us. But a hundred percent of them originate in Memphis, so I would not be surprised at all if he ran into some random person that knew all the details. That's pretty much how it goes up there. I want to know how hard Jimmy Sexton laughs at this. Like how much money he's made. Dude, I'll tell you what. I was talking to a friend the other day, and I think draft night was a huge embarrassment for Jimmy Sexton. Like the fact that he couldn't change Tunsil's social media passwords between the first hack and the second post about freeze like two two posts that directly affected his clients being freeze and Tunsil and lost him money and the fact, the fact- that he, he didn't have some intern go take his phone and change all his passwords like come on man like that's pr 101 you're an agent you got to know this stuff yeah, that's amazing he didn't do that after. No, it's pathetic. He, it's like, I mean, it makes you question, is he really the most powerful agent or is he simply a guy that's gotten lucky this far in his career? I mean, that's amateur hour. Oh, but dumbasses. I mean, yeah, that's amateur hour. 
Yes. I mean, you think about that. I mean, set. You, you got to do something. To, it was a something. good hour, hour and a half in between the the gas mask post and then the well, post that, of the screenshots. How do you not change the password? That's a no brainer. And when you start thinking about the magnitude of contract dollars that flows through Jimmy Sexton, it's ridiculous. Well, and think, he's yeah. It's think ridiculous. about the fact that he knew all the details around Tunsil becoming his cl- his client. Yes. And the circumstances and that he didn't just say we are changing everything immediately. So yeah, it's it's really I mean, everything about Tunzel's representation is amateurish and embarrassing. Jimmy, I wonder, but the thing is, Jimmy Sexton's got so much power, it doesn't even matter that he was all sloppy. About it, it might not matter to him, but to, to Tunzel, it lost him money on draft night, and he, it might have ended Hugh Freeze's career. I mean, that's millions of dollars Jimmy Sexton's never going to get. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be – I'll let Ole Miss fans play the pity card for Sexton being a dumbass here for a bit. I mean, that's actually – like, he – that's pretty incredible yeah. he wasn't. So, I mean, that he, just, that tells it's you how incredible to, he hasn't gotten more flack for draft night when he's the common thread. Because he's, uh, he's got core a, – a core competency of knowing everybody that he can be sloppy and who cares i guess so yeah but i mean because he doesn't have this happen like again like if he has another like debacle and the odds of having another debacle this year is pretty slim i mean i don't know yeah i mean i Old Miss is a uh, an outlier when it comes to not tying up your loose ends and leaving dangerous individuals with access to information apparently unhappy with you. Um, I, I don't think many other programs are quite as sloppy as Old Miss has been the last few years. Because if they yeah. were, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I, I think that you can't ignore the sheer number of Oh man, how unlucky! Woe is us that we get oh, caught doing Lacan this. Oh, the posted some cash. Oh, Rob, like hitting the bong Tennessee week in fourteen. I See, mean, like, okay, that... I think I think that stuff happens at every school. But yeah. like, oh, your head coach told your star player to switch agents, and that guy has access to all of his devices, and now hates the player and the coach. Like that—that that is such an unforced error, and that yeah. is that is such a. Like we're we're gonna get away with it type of thing. I mean, it's it's on the same level as you know send send the reports to compliance, and then you know two years after the investigation's been in town, we're gonna go out give Leo Lewis a burner phone and, and cash and text him about it and all that. I mean, like no one is making Ole Miss do this stuff. Ole Miss is not the victim in every situation here. Like you, you can't make that argument. Yeah. So to move this podcast along, uh, there's an interesting thread on the on the rivals board all right lay it on me that uh asked the question this session on question on a scale of one to ten what is your engagement level with old miss sports as in in, in other words how many shits do you give yeah, that's uh that's that that question is sad for guys like us john because the answer is always far more than it should be yeah i was uh oh, i went through this table on the phone today. but it's definitely I, less than it was a year ago like i mean Baseball's a five I, for me. Basketball's like a like a four because I really don't. I'm looking at next next year is going to be interesting. I'm looking at next year for baseball as well. I mean, I'm excited about the future in both of those yeah, sports. This watching this class go through it's going to be it's going to be really fun. Yeah, no, I, I I would put higher than a five for baseball. 
for me. I mean, I don't want to interrupt you, but like it's it's six or seven, and it, it comes with the cautious optimism of I think we'll be really good in the next year or two. So yeah, that's yeah. That, that's kind of where I was with football before this NCAA thing. Even after five and seven, you know, you're excited about the future, but it's just all on on hold right now. Yeah, I mean, and football to me is like a a two or a three. I mean. Yeah, because because of the I mean because of the NCAA. Like I love Shane Patterson. I love the wide receivers. I, I like the young offensive line. Uh, I think there's a lot. I, I think uh, Crime Dog McGriff is is a really fun guy. I mean, I was just talking the other night uh, with my buddy. We I watched the Phil Longo interview talking about how the offense is coming along, and I mean this yeah. would be such an exciting staff with such an exciting group of players if it wasn't for you know the giant elephant in the room that is. Your head coach probably is already fired. Basically, I've watched Longo do well. I, I didn't watch this latest interview because I just that's how many how few shits I give. But I think Longo in the one interview I watched beginning of spring, I think he actually could be a good hire. Yeah, like, oh. no, absolutely. I, I think so too. Now the receivers coach Lubick leaving, which they got the other dude. Yeah, Peeler. Peeler is Peeler. supposed to be good. Yeah, in a D line, they took a hit. I That's mean, weird. I mean, Freddie Roach is still respected, but yeah, I mean, Trey Scott Bailing was weird. But overall, I still like the group. I like McGriff. You know, he's hungry. He hasn't ever been a DC before. He's going to get the guys to play hard at least. He's going to recruit. You know, the kicker is, is this team probably goes and beats somebody. Yeah, they probably knock somebody off. Like that wouldn't. I wouldn't shock. It wouldn't shock me. I mean, obviously, a five and seven rolling that wouldn't shock me at all. There's gonna be a ton of distractions, and I mean, I I think there's an eighty percent chance they they don't have Hugh Freeze coaching them. I mean, actually, I think there's a hundred percent chance he misses some games at the very least. I mean, the absolute best case scenario for Freeze is like a four to six game suspension. Yeah, and that's the that's the best case. Like, I think a show calls is much more likely. But, but so given knowing that, I think you're looking at anywhere from three and three and uh, nine, four and eight. I mean, they could also they could win eight, they could win nine, and they could, like you said, upset somebody. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, there's a huge range though. I mean, this is maybe the biggest, you know, range an Ole Miss football team has going into a season. This year they might pull something out. But like the problem is, is next year because they're gonna get a two-year bowl ban. I they're get two. I I agree, and they can't recruit it. I mean, their roster is going. People are eight, people are gonna leave. I mean, I, I think 18, Patterson probably leaves. I mean, look, look, the eighteen and nineteen rosters are going to be a disaster. I mean, you're looking until it's five. Years. Looking, it's a five-year cycle. You're looking until twenty-two again. until you can have a confident until you can yeah. have like. a Again. Absolutely, and that's going to take a, a great coaching job from whoever you hire, even to get it exactly. there that that's quickly. Assuming, exactly, that's assuming you hire the right guy. Which yeah, who which, the yeah. hell? Who the hell is going to take the? You're going to have to go find the 38 year old assistant. That's you know that you know on paper. You're talking about to... talking about Matt Luke. Well, that's not. That's, I mean, that's... That's... Let's not go but there. I think that's what you're going to have to. Someone's going to have to keep it warm for a year while you look for an actual coach. I mean, basically, and you're going to have to go hire the guy that's probably it's a year or two early. By his resume says it's a year or two early, but he's able to to make the jump quicker. 
an Ole Miss will pay guy. Like that's that, that's yeah, the, I mean, only- the only thing that's improved in the last ten years for Ole Miss, like permanently, is facilities and budget. They have both of those things. It'll be interesting to see what donations do this year. I mean, they did. Oh, they're not going to do well, I don't think. But I mean, honestly, man, if, if, if Freeze gets murdered by the COI, which is clearly what they plan on doing, I mean, if they want me to get back in the boat right away, fire Bjork. Fire Bjork, and I am I'm back on board. Let's go. Like I don't think he should be allowed to skate if Freeze gets nailed on this. It's just he it, he's he yep. has dug his hole far too deep with Freeze and this investigation and women's basketball track and field. You know ex- pre-existing violations. I mean, Bjork hasn't just lied to the media. And, you know, to the the recruits through the media, he's lied to the people that pay his salary, to their faces. Listen to you. It's so beautiful. It sounds like something I would say. I have firsthand knowledge of the Pollyanna message coming directly from Bjork's mouth in the last six months. I mean, to, uh, well, yeah, they're in. I'll go, I will go one step further than you for me to get to me to get back on the boat. New new chancellor. I, I, I just don't think it's really that related. I mean, if I think if Vitter fired Bjork, that would be the the first real athletics move he's actually promote made. Him to be a vice chancellor. Oh, come on, we've talked about this. You think that wasn't already in the works for like a year before Vitter got hired? Oh my god! Yeah, I get, yeah. Okay, I'll say. That. I, I, here's my problem with Vitter: the dude, the, the dude's not somebody you could see go to snack bar and just shoot the shit for two hours. He's a goofball. You got to have a. You gotta have a guy that can go to snack bar and light the or the bourree top room and light the room up. That, my, that my, ha- my point with Vitter is he hasn't done anything one way or the other on athletics. If he made if if Freeze got a show cause and Vitter assessed the situation and decided that Bjork had basically, you know, cause to be fired because of how poorly he's handled this investigation and then fired him, right there, you've already got my trust back on athletics. I'm not saying he's gonna do that. I'm just saying he hasn't really done anything with athletics yet. Why would you trust, or you would you just say, okay, they did, they finally did something that was. Ex- I would say was- they're finally looking at the situation with a clear-eyed perspective. I mean, like I, my biggest problem with Vitter right now is I think Bjork and Freeze are playing him for their own selfish motivations, meaning their careers and their salaries. I completely agree. I, completely- I mean, I and I've I've heard from. Uh, People, I'll say that. I mean, like, people are upset that Vitter appeared in that video that came out the day the NOA was issued. It was too hasty. It was a premature decision, I'd say. I mean, how could Vitter possibly have known that he, he wanted to endorse Freeze still the same day they received the new NOA? Like, that's that's by, that's the biggest mistake he's made so far is just tacitly endorsing Freeze by appearing in that video. I mean that was strange, and I yeah. think that I think that adds to the point of Freeze and Bjork are steering the car, and Vitter's just kind of going along with it because he's like, "Well, I'm an academics guy, you know. These people know better than me." And yeah, so, that's, and that's so, a I mean, yeah, I think it is a problem, John. I I think if things continue down this path, maybe you're right, and he's not the right person to be chancellor. Um, but I I still think the window is open for Vitter. I think it's quickly closing on Freeze and Bjork. Okay, we spent 20 minutes on the NCAA. Look at us. That's what we do. Yeah, so back, so I was going to say, my overall assessment of my engagement going forward, like this football season, mm-hmm. I'll watch, kind mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. 
But really, I think basketball next year, and yeah, they lost to Georgia Tech and Passner, whatever. They, I'm curious to see next year's basketball team. If you want, I think the model in terms of you wait, you wait, you wait, you get results out of a group of players, building, et cetera, is look what South Carolina's gotten with Frank Martin. Right, right. Oh, they're they're Elite Eight. Who's in there about to tip in an hour for a spot in the Final Four. Pretty awesome, pretty awesome. They they hammered, they they took care of Duke. Well, you know what's hilarious, John? Angie pointed this out to me uh, a couple nights ago. So, you know, Mike White was on the old Miss team that Bryce Drew beat. And mm-hmm. Vandy beat Florida three times this year. How much does Mike White hate Bryce Drew? <laughs> Is that a Vandy fan looking for some solace after losing the first team to ever lose to Northwestern? I mean, I mean, no. John, you know that's a funny narrative. That's hilarious. Bryce that is, Drew, it's hilarious. I'm not saying Florida's season is ruined because of it, but I'm sure he would have liked to win one of the three games they played. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty funny. It's just he can't escape that guy. That's pretty funny. I think Mike White's doing just fine right now. So. Oh, he definitely is. I mean, uh, I think he's uh, he's well beyond the profile of the Ole Miss job, and the, the days of him ever being considered for the Ole Miss coach are long past at this point. Good for him. He played it well. Yeah, I mean, I, I doubt, I doubt uh, he'll never hit a, a speed bump. You know, he is still working with Donovan players right now, but he's, I mean, he's, he's looks, he looks good. Everybody is doing so bad in the bracket this year. Yep. Like, I'm literally my, my, uh, I guess my total point possibility at this stage is nine sixty, and I'm in the ninetieth percentile because I had, <laughs> I had Oregon in the final four. I had Oregon over Kansas. Like, I got the Midwest region pretty much on it. And then I have UNC Kentucky. Uh, I had Florida, the Elite, elite Eight. And That's pretty good, Arizona, yeah. Arizona lost like a bunch of scumbags. So Yeah, Arizona, I think, was the final <laughs> nail in mine. I haven't checked that. But, I mean, th- what, 37.5% of the Elite Eight is from the SEC? What's that about? That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, and uh, Ole Miss's last regular season game beat a potential final four team i mean that's we're gonna see i mean if uh if south carolina goes to the final four i can't wait to see like Corey keys and at old miss basketball tweeting like an infographic about like uh andy kennedy's old miss team is the only team to beat a top 23 rpi final four team uh in the last regular season game in the last four seasons you know what i mean all these we, we love these andy kennedy very specific stats that uh, are, are tailored to crooked for us. I mean, okay, John. Okay, John. You're always talking about Ole Miss's PR. What what else would you call selective statistics that make us look good? And that's something that Ole Miss is really good at and uh, emphasizes. Changing the narrative in the athletic department. So I think whenever John talks about PR, the counterpoint is, uh, yeah, but we were the only team to win an NCAA tournament game in baseball and basketball and a bowl game in 2012. So. Suck it, John. That's PR right there. Um, School does it, though. So it's was that actually – actually, that was 2013 that I'm talking about, right? They beat Georgia Tech in the Music City Bowl. They beat Wisconsin in the NCAA yep. tournament. And uh, what happened in that – that was the, the William & Mary baseball regional, maybe? I can't remember. They yeah, won, like, yeah. one game. They didn't really do well, but – They went to Raleigh and just got – 
Thrall. I'd say by far the the highlight of that sports year. I mean, obviously that was winning the SEC tournament in basketball and Marshall Madness versus Wisconsin and the whole Marshall Henderson run was just fun. It was fun, and and it was punctuated with that uh that like one for nineteen day in Starkville where he scored two points. So that's that's my favorite Marshall memory is that even during his hottest streak, he was like hung over in Starkville and couldn't make a shot. Love it, love it. Um, okay, so yeah, we've talked about a bunch of other stuff. Did you mention, John, you might have said it before the show, baseball went one and three on the week, lost to Memphis in extras, won a high-scoring game at Kentucky on Thursday. Thursday. Uh, had some had some bright spots, had some uh, not-so-bright spots as well, a big one being Brady Feigl, uh making his first appearance out of the bullpen. He's been moved off the starting rotation. Um, I think he came in and Ole Miss was up like, mm-hmm. like, like eight one or nine one or something like that. It was a huge gap, and you think obviously Feigl, who had, has started several games this season, you know he can handle closing out three or four innings, but he did not have a good outing. Uh, ended up leaving the bases loaded for I think it was Houston Roth who came in. Uh, Kentucky had some sort of a, a, a red shirt freshman. I think he had been injured or something that is apparently a stud and they were talking him up and I was saying, Oh, this is ridiculous. They're talking this guy up. He's over one career. Of course he hits a grand slam on like a full count pitch and the game ends up being like nine to six final, but Ole Miss has to burn a lot of arms. Wolfick has to come in after just pitching twice in the last four days. Um, and really, I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but that could have made a difference in the in the last two games. The fact that your bullpen had been taxed, you didn't really have a fresh Wolfric or anything like that. Ole Miss loses the last two. Didn't watch a ton of that uh, Friday game. I watched a lot of the game yesterday. Two, two the seven. I didn't really watch much of it, but it's two, two, and the seven. I think if you had a fresh bullpen, it would. Right, right. I mean, really, yeah, that's all Thursday and Feigl that kind of set up that failure. They they um they only scored three runs the last two games though. In that so. in that stadium, it's not good. Uh, Kentucky's pitcher on on Saturday it was the Sunday slot. You know the third pitcher in the rotation really shut Ole Miss down. He had a dominant changeup. Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky is good. They have a lot of offense. They have some decent starting pitchers. I mean, it's hard because they play in that park, so you never really know you know how good their offense really is going to be on the road. But I, I think they they have like. 60 doubles or something like that so i mean that's not really as much a product of the park that's kind of a sign that uh you know they're they're a spunky offensive group i think Ole miss has something like 25 or 30 so that's a that's the big difference in the teams i'd say kentucky has a more uh upperclassman heavy offense Ole miss uh has better pitching for sure but I mean, I think Kentucky's going to turn out to be pretty good. Top half of the league for sure. They got the the state pitching coach as their head coach now, Mingione. Um, they definitely seem to have some some life in the team. So it was a it was a decent decent series, I guess. I mean, you you would like to take two of the three, but Ole Miss is sitting at three and three in the league now. Uh, get Mississippi State in Oxford this weekend. I was saying before we started recording, John. I think this is a big series. Um, because it's a series that Ole Miss, uh, you know, gets to play in the SEC at home against a team that on paper is is not superior. So the offense still has to figure it out. Yeah, they scored nine runs on Thursday, but like John was saying, um, only three the last two games, and that's in you know the the most crackerjack tiny little park in the in the league. So they had 
they had a good third game against Vandy and a good opener against Kentucky. I mean, there's yeah. But there's but little... but in between, they scored like yeah. no runs versus Memphis in AutoZone. So dead to up and down, I think on offense. Yeah. Big big two weekends coming up here. They've got let's see, State at home. Yeah. Southern and Pearl. Little Rocks, the midweek Arkansas Little Rocks, the midweek game, and then Alabama at home. Between State and Alabama, if they could, if they could find a way to go five and one somehow, that would be that would really be beneficial. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think regardless of opponents, if you could ever go five and one in two seasons, that's gonna that's gonna give you a big boost. Because as we were talking about before we recorded, I mean, seventeen and thirteen. Probably the the finish line for a hosting spot. Picking up five SEC wins that's a that, that would be huge. Um, I don't know if they'll get there. I don't know much about Alabama, but they usually uh, they usually play. Is it in Tuscaloosa or in Oxford? In Oxford, it's back to back home series. So yeah, you really need to make hay on these because uh, it's going to get a lot tougher. Um, then you go to LSU, you just try to take a game. Missouri at home is a big series. Yeah, that's at, that's, that's huge. At, at Arkansas, at Florida, um, A&M may not be quite as good as that's typical That's going to suck. Year. Yeah, I was going to say, A&M is currently getting destroyed this weekend by Vanderbilt. So things are kind of shaking out a little differently than we saw. I mean, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this, we were excited to go to Kentucky. We were worried about playing A&M, maybe flip-flop those a little bit. But – at the same time, John, we don't play A&M until May 12th through the 14th, so it wouldn't be shocking at all if they totally figure it out before then. Yeah, I um, agree. You know, at Florida is scary because if you were watching the Kentucky games, you heard the commentators talk a lot about how apparently their rotation is three first-round draft picks, so going and having to play them in Gainesville is uh, not going to be fun at all, especially with the way our offense is. But, I mean, our pitchers will probably rise to the occasion and, and match them. We'll see. Um, what was I gonna? Oh, I was gonna check the scoreboard. What happened in that uh that LSU Florida series, John? That's a good question. Did did Florida win both the first two? It looked like they're winning by one right now. I'm going back to Friday to check. They won. Yep. Wow. They won nothing and eight one. So they're yeah. So that's that's pitching. After getting swept in Auburn, they've come back with a vengeance against LSU. And see, that's what makes me worried about Auburn, too, is if they can sweep Florida. I mean, they could probably beat just about anybody. Um, yeah. Maybe it was an opening series. Who, who knows? But, of course, we play Auburn last in the year, and so, so much can change. Yeah. Well, Missouri scored seven against Arkansas yesterday. Well, Mississippi State scored 14 against Tennessee. That's not great. So it doesn't appear to be very good. Yeah. Um,. Is Tennessee still uh, – Serrano still coaching that, I guess? I don't know, to be honest. Remember he was like the West Coast guy, and they brought him in, and his son was like a pitcher, and he sucked. We played him – was that last year, two years ago? And that was when Errol uh, yelled the F word a bunch of times at the yep. at, at their players. That was pretty funny. Tennessee yep. sucks. In everything, Tennessee sucks. I hate those guys. Um, looks like State and Tennessee playing at 2.30 today. Vandy A&M at 4. There's some, this is some good matchups this weekend, John. Um, I like this. I like these. So, back to what we, let's talk about what we were talking about before 
uh, before we started the show about how one of the most underrated aspects of Bianco's coaching job is the quality of the teams he schedules week in and week out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got the RPI pulled up here, looking at some non-conference opponents Ole Miss played. Um, East Carolina is at 49 right now. You said Wilmington is at 109, I think. Is that right? Yep. And I would expect both of those to go up as they go through their conference schedules. They probably played a little bit harder schedule on the front end than they will uh, on the back end. Furman, probably the lowest weekend opponent, almost is going to play right at 180. Uh, Hopefully they can win some games in their conference. But other than that, I mean, uh, Arkansas State, a couple of midweeks, not ideal. But, I mean, playing Memphis, they they were top 50 last I saw, right? No, they're at 100. They're at 100. Uh, Southern Miss, let's check this. They're at 40, so I, I think they're actually supposed to be pretty good this season. Probably beat Ole Miss twice, uh, just like Memphis did. Who else Who else do we have in there? Oh, you said Nichols State was like 120. Okay, that's something. Got a win there. How many, uh, how many top 100 wins does Ole Miss have? So they're 6-6 six six versus uh, 1 through 50. 0-2 oh versus 51 through 100. Need to work on that. But then 8-1 versus 101 to 200. So they have six top 50, six top 50 wins. Yeah, I mean, 6-6 six and six in the top 50 is good. But I, that's kind of just a reality of playing in our conference, I feel like. I feel like there have been other years when Ole Miss has been struggling even more than this. And yet still, what was that two years ago when uh, – Ole Miss won at Vanderbilt with that grand slam. That that season, they were like 500 in the league, but they had like a ton of top 50 wins, if I recall. You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. That was like the narrative. It was like, well, yeah, we've lost a lot, but look at all these, you know, times we've managed to take one or two games in a tough series. And then we, and then what do we, do we host that year? I'm trying to. The year I think it was fifteen after where they were like five they were barely five they were barely over five hundred but they had Oh like, and then we got sent to UCLA. Yeah. That's what happened. That's the year I'm thinking of, I they, think. They beat uh they beat Vanderbilt in the series, yeah. they beat Florida they beat, in a series that yeah. year. But they, they were some, like they were like tough tough luck, like hard scrabble series wins, you know. It was uh it was just putting it together. It wasn't really any sort of dominant performance. I, I, was that uh it was that when LSU came to Oxford and uh, their coach was like, oh, the beer showers are annoying, and then yeah. Sykes hit a home run or something? Something like that. Sorry, I was uh, grabbing, a, grabbing a cup of coffee. All right, and we're back. Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of exhausted the, ba- the baseball topic here, I guess. Pretty much. Any any anything to add to the basketball season other than well? Uh, I mean, we've talked about it. it. It was good to get more experience down the stretch for those young guys. I mean, if Terrence Davis keeps improving in the off season, he's going to be such a stud. I'm excited about new guys coming in. I, like you said, I mean, I'm excited for next season. I mean, I'm very I'm pretty much just holding my breath every day that Brian doesn't tear another ACL in practice or something because if if he stays healthy, I I think the sky's the limit for him athletically. Yep. Um honestly, I Andy needs to Andy needs to do a good job putting these guys in position to be successful and build their confidence, especially early on next season. Um but I think they could be good. I'm excited to see uh Olenicek, the the Polish center uh, should be uh 
They say he dominates practice, true seven footer, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're signing some great guys. You know, there's a uh, there's a there's a super plus on ball defender coming in. Um, the guard, his name just escaped me, but he's he has like a ton of steals. Uh, his senior season, so people are excited about that just because they haven't had too many great perimeter defenders. Did you see where the the SI kids reporter asked Frank Martin about is it technique or attitude on defense and like I saw the reactions. I didn't really. I didn't see the question. In, in, in the reaction to it, it was like what? Like why are people like getting? That getting seems like the- a that seems like a good question to me, doesn't it? Yeah, it is a good question. That's a better question than most adult reporters ask. Better question than ninety percent of the crap that gets asked in press conferences. Yeah, everybody's exactly. like, "Oh," it's a, and then all the media is getting all defensive. It's yeah, like, exactly. Uh, the player I was thinking of, his name's Devonte Schuler. He's the the on ball defender, and then people are also excited about um, Parker Stewart. There's another shooting guard, but then Jamarco Pickett maybe at six seven one sixty power forward. Uh, he he might be able to pick up some of those. Sebastian Saez rebounds, but I think it'll probably fall to uh, Fermanovicius, uh, Carlos Sillens, who was injured this year, and then uh, Olin Ichek, who I was talking about. Um, Mark Canvas Hyman has these bright spots, John, when you watch the games, you know, but he never seems to be able to put it all together. Yep. But he he can give you ten minutes as the fourth big guy. Yeah, I think he'll continue to add, you know, a little bit of depth, and, and but we're gonna need people to step up into that primetime role that, that Saez filled so well, really the last three, yeah. the last three seasons, but especially this season where he truly came into his own and led the SEC in double-doubles and all of that and was a force on the boards. Uh, Ole Miss is going to have to replace that. But I think the scoring should be there. I mean, Terrence Davis can score 30 a game. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm excited. But- Bottom line, it's a big year for Andy Kennedy. He really Huge. needs to make the tournament. The, the biggest, but yeah. I think he's going to have. I think he can have a legit Sweet Sixteen team. I mean, there's there a team that has a good shot at that. He's, yeah, I mean that would be that would be a huge accomplishment for him if if he managed that in a year from now. It's a huge if, but if he managed that, I think all of the discussion would would be ended for at least two or three years of, of him going anywhere. I mean that would be that would be huge for this fan base to actually not just make a tournament but win a couple games in the tournament. I mean that w- that would be very welcome for a lot of Ole Miss fans. Really a fan base that's going to come off of. Here's the other thing for AK is this football season. Oh, people are going to be desperate for wins after yeah, football. He, he's if he can put a good team together, he, he'll, he'll get have more crowds. Yeah, football is just. Yeah. I guess apparently there's a sounds like at least. A good portion, if not the majority of the fan base, is going to have to see the head get chopped off in order to believe the head's going to get chopped off. Yeah, here. It seems seems like it, man. Seems like it. That'll be a you know an opportunity for AK with him. all of that. Yeah, and I, I think I think honestly, even if next year doesn't go well, he could end up being safe just because Ole Miss fans are going to be looking for some sort of stability, and he and Bianco might be you know the the thing they latch onto. Like, well, at least we got. These guys that we know, I mean, because there's going to be yeah, so much they, uncertainty they in football. Clean and Ross right. went and AVK building, and he's yeah. the best 
Yankos, you know, has given him boosting facilities as well. And I think this season was important for AK to get the fan base cheering for these guys like Terrence Davis, like Brian Tyree. I mean, I'm a uh, I'm a DeAndre Burnett fan. I think there's some disagreement among the fan base. I mean, people trash his ball handling, which definitely is sloppy at times, but. With Tyree's you know, going to be healthy, and they'll have a whole offseason to sit there and go, but Burnett's going to be a two-guard. Yep, yep. And, I mean, hell, Cullen Neal can, can help you at times. I mean, he's a he's icy from three. He's a, you know, he's a sixth, seventh man coming and give you 12, 15 minutes. So. And, and he, can, he can also back up Tyree a little bit, as we've seen. And then um, – I expect a couple transfers to be added as well. I don't. I don't know for sure where AK will get him. I think he can. He can honestly use a transfer point guard just to back up Tyree. Um, and he's always in the market for uh, for stretch fours, as we know. He'll probably find like a the next Anthony Perez or something in the transfer market. So it'll be interesting to see that in the next couple of months. Um, I think we'll be. I think the time frame for that is what around the around the end of the school year is is the latest that stuff happens, right? I think that's right. I don't really remember. I have not that. thought about Anthony Perez in a while. I've don't you? Tried. Don't you miss him? Don't you miss Anthony? No, I don't. What is he doing? Yeah, I bet he's playing like in Venezuela or something where he's from. I don't know. He represented him in the twenty. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, didn't he? Uh, he like scored on an NBA player. That was funny. He did. Let's see. It's good stuff. Okay, there's two sentences on his Wikipedia page. His Wikipedia page. Perez played college basketball at Ole Miss with the Ole Miss Rebels in the United States, where his head coach Andy Kennedy called him, quote, one of the one of the subquote greatest mysteries he's ever coached. <laughs> That's on his Wikipedia page? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you check the edited by, I bet it says added by Andy Kennedy. <laughs> Who did that? That's so funny. This was and then the next sentence. This was based on his ability to sharpshoot on certain nights. That's a, it's clearly oh my somebody God. who is like, who is, is like trashing that. Anthony in his Wikipedia page. This is hysterical. Uh, well, it's somebody. I think it's like uh, I almost wonder if it's somebody like from Venezuela that just doesn't fully understand. I mean, we English. can we can check. I'm about to check it, but that's hysterical. This is based on his ability to sharpshoot on certain. Like that's trying to put a positive. Spin. <laughs> that, but it's like failing. It's like a failure at trying to put a positive spin on it. Jeez. One of the greatest mysteries. That's ever. crazy, man. Oh my gosh. All right, I'm trying. I'm checking out the uh, the edit history here. This is Kelly. So that's well, that's this is so Ellen funny. Three. So he's playing in Mexico. Okay. Well, good for him. I hope he has a long career. Yep. Oh man, that is. That is something. It looks like somebody named uh, Blues Angrel is a. Wait, uh, ba- he's in Baja. He's like right there near Tijuana. Well, that's, that's not bad for a while. Yeah, I mean, maybe some uh, some Ole Miss fans on spring break can uh, go see Anthony in action. That's funny, man. That is. <laughs> Apparently, whoever uh, whoever did all that stuff to his page then deleted their account. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Um, that's hilarious, though, John. That's so funny to me. Uh, what else is going on? Pretty much it. We didn't think it was going to be that long of a podcast. I mean, it really isn't, but we still spent 
20 minutes on all this yeah, yeah who's the uh who's the midweek this week before state i got it open here oh little rock versus little oh. rock on the 28th and that would be tuesday oh it's, what? A, it's a school game it's at 11 what's up what is like what is the 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 Jackson Madison area's thought on this whole NCAA thing. I'm telling you, man, it's they don't talk about it. People in people are in deep denial here. They just think it's all going to go away. Well, I don't know if they really think that, but they they're not going to spend their time talking about it. At least maybe they're thinking about it, but they don't want to talk about it. That's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, that- yeah, what? If they're not talking about it. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's almost like too too much too much to take in at one time for the casual fan, honestly. Because I think part of it is part of it is the years and years of denial coming from you know the Manning Center. I mean, that's that set them up with this expectation that this whole thing is a farce and there's nothing to worry about, and so they're trying to square that against the hostage video. And I think there. Also, you have to remember that like ninety nine point eight percent of college football fans have no idea what's in the NCAA rulebook. They don't know what a charge of lack of institutional control means. They don't know about you know head coaching responsibilities. I mean, this stuff is somewhat arcane. Yeah, I think there's probably there's probably a lot of. I mean, there's probably. A little bit of everything here. I'm sure there's a generation of fans that, wa- that saw what happened with Gerald Turner and Peyton Manning, and then saw this whole Cam Akers NCA thing and went, "We're doing this to ourselves again. Mm-hmm. How can we let that happen?" Well, I mean, you always do it to yourself, John. I mean, no one makes you. No one makes you break yeah, the they, rules. I, I know what you're saying, but I'm. I'm just saying, like, Ole Miss is is always going to be responsible for the dumb shit that gets them in trouble. I don't ever think Ole Miss is really the victim. I'm, I've, I've kind of moved past that narrative, if that makes sense. Yeah, that one particularly is tough for everyone because it's like I mean, Peyton honestly, honestly Peyton. John, I'm over the whole Tyner and Ball line of argument. Like, at this point, it's so much bigger than anything some some bad compliance employees could do to you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if you're an Ole Miss fan that's still trying to blame this on employees of Ole Miss that aren't dedicated to Ole Miss or whatever, unless you're talking about Farrar and Freeze, I think you're you're missing the forest for the trees. I, I think that, that to get to this point, so many people have to have so many so many angles here. It's just, but yet here we are. I mean, I mean, for 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 starters, to get to this point, you have to try to buy Leo Lewis's commitment in the middle of a five-year investigation. Like, Jesus. Who thought that and was a good idea? And you don't have four layers of separation between you and the people exchanging money. That That's what's mind-blowing. Well, the, every, I feel like we knew that he was a state plant, you know, by two months before signing day. And the violations that are in the NOA apparently happened right before signing day. The fact that a booster and or Barney still thought Ole Miss had any chance with Leo Lewis, and it wasn't, you know, a setup. It's just ridiculous. It's crazy. Jeff Simmons the same damn way. I mean. See, okay, was... so I, I agree there was a setup, but I think the goal was different, as we talked about on the show. I I think State had Leo Lewis's commitment locked up, whereas with Jeffrey Simmons, they were they were having him lie to State and Al- or to Alabama at Ole Miss because they were actually worried about losing him. 
Because I, I don't, I mean, everything we've heard, it doesn't seem like Jeff Simmons really tried to set anybody up. Maybe uh, Bo Davis, but I don't know. Um, yeah. it, it's But Leo Lewis, it seems like he was basically cultivated just to screw Ole Miss on this whole thing. I mean, it, if you act like State wasn't involved in all of that, I think that's just willfully ignoring, you know, yeah. what has happened with the immunity interviews, with his reaction with Mullen's anonymous quote in Sports Illustrated, with all of it. I mean, it's been obvious Mullen's done everything in his power to get us to the point we are here. I mean, if you can't beat him on the field, I guess this is your option, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's – I would agree with I would that. Love, I would love to see a State fan listening to this right now and, like, we just never acknowledge that they won the last Egg Bowl 55-20 to 20, and his head's just, like, about to explode. Like, we beat you on the field, you son of a bitch. That's my Twitter header photo is the ESPN score ticker of that day. It would, it would not sit well. Oh my gosh! You just gotta come up here to the ha- Happy Land. We we have Belichick and Brady. Um, man, it's happy the- down. It's happy down here, man. That's what I'm telling you. Nobody people pretend like it doesn't exist. Yeah, except they're about to get their head. Whatever I watch, Freeze get. But Freeze is gonna get paid a lot of money. His head chopped off. Pretty much. So. The one thing I will say is people are still wearing their old Miss stuff around a good bit. I still see a lot of uh, a lot of old Miss golf shirts, a lot of old Miss stuff at the gym. Well, and all. So- just. People, people haven't. People aren't to that level yet. I think that's a positive. Ole Miss Country Club versus State. That dynamic's always going to be there. Yeah. Reb's going to beat you in baseball this weekend. That's what's. You know, I hope happen. so. I, I hope so. Just for the baseball. Just not for anything other than we need the SEC ones. Remember when that whole thing got going? It was like State hasn't beat Ole Miss in like two years on the field or yeah, something. That was really fun. Yeah. That was everybody was all like acting like that was just some massive accomplishment. Well, and then like, every day, every time you would play them in anything, if Ole Miss would win, it would be like you get to revisit that. Like, oh, how long has it been now? Like, what's the new what's the new count or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I mean that was always setting Ole Miss up for failure because you can't you can't keep up a streak like that. It's like the basketball streak versus Auburn. Like, the longer that goes on, the more guaranteed it is that you're gonna lose a game you shouldn't just because that's the way sports work. Yeah, and I mean that's what happened in the Egg Bowl. What was the game that finally broke that streak? Was it because this was after this was two Egg Bowls in a row, right? This was the the No Laquan Egg Bowl, and then the basketball in sixteen. I think is what it was. Basketball in sixteen. I'm trying to remember. Oh, 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 right. Because it was the game that Moody and Saez were out for, right? Yep. So then, even at that point, you got to be like, well, that game didn't really count. You can only beat us without yeah, our best players. Three out of four in baseball last year, though. Right, right, they did that, and then uh, and then they just stomped us in football, and that pretty thoroughly uh, undid that yeah. narrative in a, right. in a matter of eight months there. Yes. But that's how sports work. I mean, that's the pendulum always swings back. I mean, it's, it's unavoidable. Yeah. All right, well, that's probably a good place to stop, John. Uh, well, yeah. we're about – about a week away from opening day aren't we uh yes we are a week from tomorrow opening day red Sox are gonna be oh yeah i mean my mlb tv thing renewed automatically but it automatically renewed at a 35 percent college student rate so i guess i was like all right i'll ride that out of the year yeah i think uh i actually split one with uh, sean and scott it's pretty affordable I'm looking forward to watching the Boston Red Sox. This is like I can tell I'm becoming more of a Red Sox fan this year than I wow. have. Wow, wow. Now, Rangers are still 
you know, there. But, like, the, the, the Red Sox are also going to be fun to watch this year because they uh, – I mean, Ortiz retires. I get all that. But, they're, I mean, you go look at Roto World, like their opening day lineup, it's just absurd. I mean – yeah, Mitch Moreland's the Red Sox first baseman now, which I wasn't aware of the other day. So I was like, oh. who, who's the Red Sox first baseman? Who? Mitch Moreland. You know who? Oh Mitch yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, a Rangers he, here. He's Hell State. He went so. to state. Yeah. It, him being on, see, I realize having state players on pro teams that I at least you know somewhat cheer for, mm-hmm. like Dak and the Cowboys, and then Moreland mm-hmm. and the Red Sox, mm-hmm. is like a, is is a great hedge because right. if they win. They win, everybody's happy, and if they lose, you get to blame. The exactly, exactly. So. No, that's so it's super true. Yeah, I used to have Moreland on my uh, on my. He's a lefty, right? Yeah. What's going to be fun is Pablo. They traded Travis Shaw, so Pablo Sandoval is now the third baseman again. Oh, is he? Did, did he lose any weight in the offseason? Is he still real I don't, fat? Uh, I'm alone after this podcast. I, have to go I remember there. last. Uh, Last spring training, he showed up like 300 pounds, and everybody yeah, was clowning him. Yeah, at the plate, and they just put him on the DL for the whole year. Really yeah, funny. that was that was terrible, man. That was terrible. Hanley Ramirez can now be DH, so Panico's like Panico's blood pressure is going to be much lower now. You don't have to watch Hanley boot balls in the field. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that is that is a big uh, defensive improvement to to have that. And I mean, he can that guy can rake though. He, he's a hell of a hitter. Hell of a hitter, and the other thing, too, I mean, they traded for Chris Sale this offseason. Yeah, it's huge. But isn't uh, is is DP hurt though? I heard he might have to have Tommy John. So why waste your time teasing yourself? They're going to win ninety something games without him. So, but he is hurt. David Price is hurt. Is that right? Porcello can be the two, and then figure it out. And the rest, I mean, they're, they're, they got a couple other kids. We'll see how they, we'll see what they come up with. So. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, well, that, that's exciting. Uh, but if it's if, if we got a uh, another week, we might we'll either we'll either talk about it on Monday or Sunday whenever we talk again. We, and... we need to go through a projected win totals next week. Cubs are like ninety six or something like that. That sounds about right. Maybe a little higher. Cubs, Red Sox, and Fenway end of April. Ooh, that's nice. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely on my short list. I mean, I want to go. I'd love to go to any park, but uh, Fenway is definitely up there. I, I went to Wrigley last year, and it's I love going uh, to those those we'll old go, cathedrals of baseball. We'll It'll take some money to go. But the thing to do is just to spend a hundred something bucks and go sit on the third baseline. You look at the Prudential Tower and the Hancock Tower. You, you, yeah. You just well, the down. thing about being a Cubs fan now is it's it's great. You know they they're good. They win a lot of games. They have this giant dormant fan base, and when they're winning. Their games are pretty pretty hot tickets. I mean, it's it can. It's, I mean, you're gonna have a good Cub team and a good Red Sox team. I mean, that's yeah, probably that's gonna, that's gonna be a a premium ticket. Like a hundred hundred fifty bucks to go watch. Yeah, but I mean, for someone like me, where just to go to any game you have to leave the state at a certain point, a hundred fifty dollar tickets kind of just cost to do a business. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But all right. Well. We'll talk about baseball. I mean, it'll be a long summer of uh, 30-minute NCAA rants and, and uh, Cubs recaps, and so just stay tuned for that. That'll be that'll be important. Um, the Grove Bowl is probably coming up at some point, John. Uh, should we even just – should we just skip the Grove Bowl? Nah, 
come on. I think you vastly overrate the amount of content we have to talk about on this podcast. Matt Luke's not coaching, the, not not co- being the head coach of the game. So what's it, what's it going to tell me? That's a good point. That's a that's a really solid point. No, I mean I want to see Longo's offense. I mean, no I want to see no Matt jokes. Luke head coach. That's what I want to see. The fan base. Is just it's, gonna honest, it's honestly just uh, it's just Longo and McGriff. I don't I don't care who's quote unquote the head coach or whatever. But I want to see what those guys can do with their units, especially Longo. I mean. Yeah. He's got some crazy weapons compared to Sam Houston State. This should be interesting. Uh, and uh, one one more thing uh, from from practice. Apparently, Jordan Wilkins looks good. So, I mean, you take a whole year of eligibility away from a kid, you're damn lucky he still wants to play for you. Apparently, he had a good offseason. That's fake news. He's an average running back. I don't know, man. I mean, he's had some he's had some good games. I always thought the problem was we weren't managing the snaps right. I mean, we. we when he and Judd were both good, we were still like starting Jalen, and it was just weird giving Brasley touches. It's just been it's been weird the way they've used running backs. I'm looking at Kennedy's Wikipedia page. I mean, uh, Perez's Wikipedia page. It's so That's, funny. That's that so funny. Gym of this pod. Right we need now. a yeah. We need to do a uh, a screenshot of that of that section as the uh, as the image on the. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I'll work on that. All right. Well, uh, that's that'll do it for this week. Um, thanks for listening. Of course, if you don't already, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, you got the link for that on our Twitter page at Sharks AFTR Dark. You can also check out our website LandSharksAfterDark.com. Um, got some episode pages up there. If you're ever interested in going back through the archives, maybe. Uh, Maybe you want to you want to go back in time for something that happened in the last couple of years, some Ole Miss moment, and hear you know how John and I and potential guests reacted to it. You know that's all there for you. Um, if you are doing that, I'm sorry you have so much free time. Uh, I hope you find a job soon. Um, but for our regular listeners, you know we appreciate you making an hour for us every week, and uh, we enjoy doing it even when the topics are depressing. Sometimes I think John likes it more when. Uh, when the old Miss topics are depressing, you know, because you get to lay into people. So that's the that's the upside there. Um, Larry Tunsil should have never missed a game. I'll go to the grave with that belief. Larry Tunsil should have gone to Georgia. Yeah, he probably, yeah, that would have saved a lot of headaches. But it for him, been- it would have saved a lot of headaches for him and for Ole Miss. But whatever, we still love him. Uh, he's he's still coming around to practices and stuff. Big Laramie fan. I mean, is Mark Rick still coaching Georgia? If Tunsil goes there. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Well, it's, it's possible. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Tunsil's probably going to be the best oldest player in the pros for many years to come. So we can we can take solace in that at least. Uh, but, hey, we, we have plenty of time to talk about Laramie Tunsil. We'll be talking about Laramie Tunsil for the rest of our lives, John. That's, uh, that's the beauty of this terrible fandom that we've chosen for ourselves. Uh, so... That's been Landsharks After Dark, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, For John, I'm Justin. Talk to you next week.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.